This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And Frank Proctor on this beautiful Saturday morning, along with James Patrick Dooley, our producer in the next room there. And welcome back, Frank. Well, thank you very much. Nice to I'm, see your smiling face. I am delighted to be with the, with you in studio again here. And, of course, what we are here for is to talk about gardening problems and solutions. And, and you've got tips. a whole bunch of... Yeah, we accept tips, too. <laughs> I mean, All tips. Yes, <laughs> Preferably monetary. That would be wonderful. But here are the numbers that you can call to talk to Charlie Dobbin, okay? 416-360-0740. And then anywhere else in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. A bit of a reminder that our little motto goes this way. Call early, call often, one question per call. And we ride uh, your coattails on this. I mean, Well, you're really good at that. Uh, Robbie's not so good. Oh, and how did Robbie do last? Not week? as good as you. <laughs> he and I pointed that out to him on several occasions because so I did didn't you. want him to think that he was, you know, an amazing sous sous sous, sous chef. Because yeah. he's Under, really a yeah. sous sous <laughs> undergardener in training chef in the garden. But nevertheless, he's lovely. He's always fun to have around. But but you know, he just he wasn't as good at stopping people from getting that extra question. Well, you know, there are sneaky ones out there. I there know, really are. I warned him. I said if Patrolman Proctor was here, yeah, he the ticket book would been, be out. Yep. He'd be on it. So just a couple things coming yep, up. Yep. Tomorrow, right. from noon right through till 4.30, you can immerse yourself in incredible displays of ikibana. Ikibana? Bon- ikibana, which is a Japanese floral arrangement. Oh, okay. Bonsai and miniature gardens. This is the 35th annual Toronto Japanese Garden Club presentation of Nature's Beauty Show. It's at the... Sorry, I can't read this. Mornichi Senior Center, which is at 3555 Kingston Road in Scarborough. Demonstrations will be uh, happening at both 2 p.m. and 3 p.m., and they're going to teach you a little bit about Ikebana. I believe it's at 2, and about bonsai at 3. And it's, it's amazing. It's a very relaxing thing, I'm told. It's, yeah, uh, I, I think so. I mean, it's yeah, it's done with a certain mindset, for sure. Mm-hmm. And it should, should be fun. Hobbies should be relaxing. Don't you think? Yeah. Yeah, it should. I mean, for most people, these are a hobby. Well, uh, my hobby used to be golf. Wasn't uh, so relaxing. I was going to say, <laughs> no. yeah. Who relaxes when they play I, golf? I learn all sorts of new words <laughs> when I play golf. <laughs> and how to throw clubs around and exactly. all that important stuff. There is a tea room that will be open right at 12 noon, and there are plants and flowers for sale. It is $5 per person mm-hmm. to attend. Uh, now, next Saturday... That's uh, August the 17th. Remember, the trial gardens will be open at Landscape Ontario from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Now, you remember what a trial garden is. That's where they 
garden. It's a it's a testing garden. Okay. And they're called trials because um, each of the plants they happen all over North America. The same plants are all donated by the breeders and mm-hmm. the, typically the breeders. And it's a lot of annual flowers. And in this case, there will be over eight hundred roses that you can see blooming <clears throat> and named. So a really good place to see how roses grow. Yeah. Write down ones that you love and the look of to to consider purchasing for your own garden. Uh, there's over three hundred different bedding plants, so annuals and perennials, but right. predominantly annuals. And this, there's also a trial on hand to evaluate vegetables for small urban spaces, so miniature and dwarf vegetables. Oh, so, that's kind of neat. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of neat. There's um, like creeping tomatoes and that sort of thing. Speaking of tomatoes, last week when yeah. you weren't here yeah. and Robbie was, we had to get off the air because, you know, our hour was over. And uh, Joyce had been on the, was the last caller. She was on the line and she was asking about her tomatoes. She did comment that she's been planted. It's a small garden. She has four tomatoes. They're in the same position year after year. She adds lots of organic matter, but she doesn't know why she's not getting a lot of fruit. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to um, you know, remember, if you can, rotate your crops. Okay. Some people can't. They just don't have the space. Uh, adding lots of good, fresh soil every spring is important. Mm-hmm. You know, good organic mm-hmm. matter. You know, we're not just talking crummy topsoil here. We're talking good quality good stuff. compost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Make sure that your tomatoes are in full sun. I mean, today's a gorgeous day, but we've had a lot of rain and a lot of gray days and a lot of cool weather, which is not great for tomatoes. So anybody who's having a bit of an issue with tomatoes this year, it's, it's likely connected to all the wet mm-hmm. and the cool. And initially, it was so cold that the tomatoes didn't really take off. Now, they are certainly taking off now, but I find that my tomatoes, I'm running out picking them every time, trying to before every rain event because split. they split. Oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Because it's just too much water, eh? And, you know, you can't control those big rainfalls. And the poor little tomatoes, the, the skin can't stretch fast enough, far enough, and the skin will, will actually split. So that's the one thing I've been trying to do. As soon as I see a little bit of color yeah. on the tomato, yeah. and if, just before a rain, I'm, I'm out there, you know, picking them, bringing them in, put them on the windowsill. Well, I couldn't believe it uh, the other day. I was in at uh, Zares in, in St. Catharines, and... Uh, Son of a gun. I couldn't believe the size. Mm. Huge. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. And I said, pick up three or four. Yeah, right. So I, I came home with them. Oh, my God. You almost got a hernia carrying them into the house. It was unbelievable. Uh, but it's, that's the season. But that boy, are they ever beautiful. Make yourself a BLT with oh, one of those huge yeah. tomatoes. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, indeed. Or hamburgers or something, right? <laughs> okay. Uh, are we set to roll along? Do you think we've got callers on standby? Uh, um, I'm ready. Yep. Are you ready? Okay. Ready. We're going to be back in just a couple of moments to have a word with Barbara in Buffalo here on The Garden Show from AM740. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size, there's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem, well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM740. Uh, you know, Charlie, it was, it's one of those mornings when I wish there were cameras here to record <laughs> what was true. going on in studio because James Dooley and I were running around looking for... This, the, bell. the bell, the bell, and he couldn't find it, and I thought, oh, what, what has it? What, what has Robbie done with my bell? Well, no, we, we finally found it anyway, yes. and so all I'm saying is if you're you a first-time caller. You are racing around like, yeah. like a crazy, a couple of crazy people. <laughs> if, uh, if you are a first-time caller, let us know, and we will... Welcome you to the show. Absolutely. And provide you with wings. Now, I Garden know I'm wings. not going to use the bell this time around because no. Barbara has been on the show before, I yes. know, from Buffalo. Hi. Good morning, Barbara. Hi, Frank. Hi, Charlie. Good morning. Did your pest 
from Buffalo. No, not at all. That's okay. <laughs> okay. Next problem in my garden. Mm-hmm. I have ornamental grass. Mm-hmm. It's nice and tall, except one of them only came back um, around the back of it and a little bit in the front. And in the very center, it's still all, like, dried, yeah. like yeah. I had cut it down. Yep. In the fall, and then it dries up over winter. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just like the sticks. Yep. So in the middle. Okay, so what's happened? It's very normal. What's happened there? Uh, keep in mind that many perennials and the ornamental grasses are one of them. Can um, uh, over time the center of the clump will die and the new is all around the outside edge of the clump so it's almost like it becomes like a donut so that and that happens all right. the time so what do you do well number 1 is i would not cut my ornamental grasses back in the fall I would leave them till okay. the spring because that way okay. you get the beauty of them standing up in the winter and the sound of them in the wind. And they're very pretty and nice bronzy sort of color in many cases. So in the spring, when you're out there, you know, going to cut them down, <clears throat> that's the time of year where you get your digging fork or your shovel. You dig up the whole clump. And if the center is dead, using a sharp shovel or a sharp knife, you will literally uh, bust the clump apart keeping the live outer edges, replanting or sharing with your friends because you're going to end up right. with multi-plants and the, that whole center bit just goes in the composter. Oh, so it did die in the middle. Yeah, but it's like I said, it's perfectly normal. <laughs> it's okay, don't worry. Okay. And that's what we call dividing. And in that case, it's about every three to four years that we need to do this with many of our perennials. That's just the way it what happens. The, the center dies out. I have out. done that because they both yeah. got so big. I yeah. shared with my daughter and whatever we could dig out and whatever. I just have to tell you, the only reason I cut them down in the fall, Uh when I first bought this house, I wasn't sure, never had ornamental grass. And I thought, gee, they do look pretty. Well, I'll leave them, okay? Uh So I left them, and over the winter, and they were huge, Uh they dried up, and they got all those dry sticks. Well, my yard looked like a field of Oh. <laughs> and it was just all over the place and I said okay never again I'm putting that sucker down in the fall I'm not cleaning that stuff up in the spring yeah exactly. anyway, well there's that <laughs> okay it is beautiful yeah. through the winter I know so but I you're right if it's my promise if it's very windy that's exactly what happens they do start yeah. to break yeah. and blow around so yeah but still I, I like it'll be them. worth it because they're pretty in the winter <laughs> yeah all right. Well, Thank so there's you so your job for again, the spring. You're, my pleasure. Have a great Thanks day, for Barbara. Calling. Thank you. Okay. All right. Bye bye now. There's Barbara from Buffalo here at AM 740 Zoomer Radio, the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Next to talk to Charlie, Mary from Brampton. Hey, Mary. Good morning. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Um, I'm calling about an amaryllis. Mm-hmm. It's it's giving out those nice long straps. You know those mm-hmm. leaves. Leaves. Thank you. Now, how do I put it to sleep? When do I put it to sleep? When do I take it out for Christmas blooming? So it's obviously been, it bloomed back last Christmas, and it's been growing as a green plant. Oh, did it ever. I had 
uh, two stalks and four blooms on each stalk. Wow, beautiful. Yeah. All right, so what are you going to do? Now, is it inside or outside? It's been in my home all the time for the last two years. Okay, so what I, if you want it to bloom again this Christmas, what you're going to do is stop watering it entirely now. No more water. Okay. Leave it in the, it's probably in a sunny window or some such thing. Just let it die down. The leaves will turn yellow and then be crispy and brown and shrivel up. Oh, so no more water. Okay. No more water. Once it starts to be, uh, you know, a pretty unsightly pot of yellow and crispy leaves, then t- take it right out of the window. You can just, with a pair of scissors, remove all the leaves. Take that pot with that now dormant bulb right. and put it somewhere... It doesn't have to be particularly cool, but it should go into a dark spot where it's just sitting quietly doing nothing. I put it in my garage last year, and it bloomed beautifully this 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 uh, winter. Oh, okay, perfect. So in the garage, I mean, my garage gets really hot because I get a lot of sun in my garage. But if your if your garage doesn't overheat, then um, that's a perfect spot to put it where it's dry because that's okay. important and dark. So put it away. Let it sit. Uh, just quietly all by itself for a minimum of six weeks. And at that point, you're going to then pull it out of the dark. You're going to put it back into a sunny location and you're going to start to water it. You water it once and you'll wait till you start to see some growth. And then uh, as it starts to grow, it'll start using more water. You'll start to water a little okay. more. Okay, so six, six weeks approximately before I want it to bloom again. That's right. And then bring it back out and it'll bloom, should oh. bloom within a couple of weeks of you bringing it into the yeah. warmth. Just to note, I'm, I'm looking at my burning bush. It's starting to turn red. Whoa. Yeah, you know why? Uh, it's it's been a it's a stress thing at this point. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not it's turning red. Frank, I'm not asking a question. Yeah, no, I know it's okay. <laughs> no, I, I've seen a, a few things showing some red color, and that's totally a stress uh, response to stress. Okay, thank you so much. <laughs> okay. I, I didn't mean to scare you, Mary. Gee. <laughs> oh, please! I've been on your show several times and listening all the time, so I, I know how you work. Yeah. Oh, okay, love. Thank you very Thanks much. Thanks for calling, okay, Mary. Okay, lots of calls coming in to Charlie Dobbin here at the Garden Show. James Patrick Dooley is the voice you'll hear very first off the bat when you call these numbers in Toronto, 416-360-0740. And then anywhere else in the province, it's toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. I'm Frank Proctor. We'll be back in a moment to have a chat with Catherine in Toronto. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, Scythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And I was singing along with that. Yeah, you did. And and tweedums and all that sort of thing. Well, well, well. <laughs> Uh, welcome along here to the Garden Show. We're a little nutty this morning, but that's that's normal. Par for the course. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, we <laughs> promised Catherine uh, would get the line uh, when we first came back, so let's do that. Catherine, good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Charlie and Frank. Good morning. Um, I'm calling for a friend who is at work this morning, so uh, he's got in his office, he has a Benjamina ficus, mm-hmm. and it's 35 years old. Mm. Uh, I would say probably around eight feet tall. It's in a north-facing window. But all of a sudden, some sections have started to yellow and uh, dry leaves, and they're falling off. Okay. His secretary waters it weekly, and she gives it miracle Grow. I think, pro- approximately once a week. Now, what is happening with this plant? <laughs> 
Okay, so uh, hopefully she's not doing Miracle Grow every week. Hope, hopefully the Miracle Grow is maybe once a month. Oh, okay, that's so one thing. That's one thing because it you it could be over fertilized. That's, okay, remember too much fertilizer is a bad thing. Oh, all right. So make sure that it's at the most once a month. Now we, it is August, and believe it or not, the plants know that it's August. They know the days are getting shorter. In your calendars, yeah. yeah, they do. It's amazing. So they know the days are getting shorter, and just like our. Maple trees are soon going to be dropping their leaves. Some of our tropical plants do the same thing. Oh. Now, now keep in mind, there uh, it, it should not be dropping any of its tip growth. Anything that's turning yellow and dropping should be on the inside of the plant, the yes, older uh, leaves. And it, and it is. Okay. Yes. Nothing nothing abnormal about that. Okay. All... all um, your friend or his secretary needs to do is before watering, um, give the plant a real shake, and you know the pl- the leaves will drop. The ones that are ready to drop will drop, and then that's an opportunity just to do a bit of a clean up, clean them up out of the pot and water, and recognize that as winter comes, of course, plants use less water as well. So we've okay. got to be a little bit careful. I mean, like I say, it's only the middle of August. We're not truly into winter, but the plants are starting to slow down, and they just naturally will do that. Ah, any idea when that plant might have last seen some fresh potting soil? Oh, I don't know, but I would say not for a long time. Yeah, no. I mean, hopefully not 35 years. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, sometimes if a plant is really big and really old, it's a huge deal to start repotting it. Yes. You know, particularly in a workplace, right? You're just not, it's hard to spread out newspapers and make a big mess. Yes. So sometimes over time, the potting soil does start to drop. Yes. It's partially because it's uh, decomposing and it's partially because it's washing out and just doing it thing. So your friend could consider getting a little bag of fresh potting soil and just adding some soil to the surface of the pot. It might end up being about a half an inch that Uh they'll end up adding, not more, Uh uh, but just get a little bit of fresh soil. That will also make the plant happier. Ah, that that certainly makes a lot of sense. Okay. Yes. There you go. Oh, thank you very much. (laughs) Thanks so much for your call. Thank you. Have a great day, a great weekend. Thank you you for listening. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye now, Catherine. Hey, out there in in Scarborough, Joyce, you're on the line right now. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Charlie, thank you very much for answering my question regarding the tomato plant oh, last yes. week. My pleasure. Now, um, this is this is another question pertaining to the to the um, tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Um, what I've been doing for the past maybe three or so weeks is to take a, um, like a Q-tip and go from flower to flower. Mm-hmm. And um, try to pollinate these um, because we have fewer bees coming around. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to know, does it have to be, say, the pollen from a tomato? I mean, when the bees f- fly around, they go from flower to flower to flower and pollen from different um, flowers, you know, so sort of <laughs> attached to their legs. Do they, um, they does it really though. matter? Okay, so y- it does matter. Uh, tomatoes require pollen from another tomato. Okay. Keep in mind though, tomatoes will pollinate themselves. So, they will? Yeah, they will. The, the flowers are, they will pollinate themselves. So for sure the insects will flip around and, and visit and, you know, end up spreading some pollen around. But you don't, you shouldn't have to be at all concerned about making sure that the tomatoes have been pollinated. Okay. The big one that we worry about and we have issues with sometimes are the squash family. So the zucchinis, the cucumbers, the squashes. Yeah. Though That whole group 
um, has separate flowers. Some flowers are male and some flowers are female. Yeah. So we absolutely do need the pollen to be transferred from the male flower to the female flower in order for a fruit to grow, a, yeah. a zucchini or a cucumber. So, And we do rely on insects to do all that. Okay. So that that is one that we do have to uh, stay on top of. But otherwise... <laughs> my, my cell phone here, pardon me, folks. <laughs> Frank's taking another call. Okay. Don't worry. <laughs> Um, but um, uh, so yeah, so don't worry. Just leave your tomatoes alone. You don't need to worry about going around with the Q-tip. Okay, fine. Thank you. I'll hang up and call back again pertaining to another another question. Excellent. Thanks Bye-bye. so much for calling. Bye bye. Bye bye. Do you know who that was that phone call? No. Congratulations! You have been selected to win a free cruise to the Bahamas. So why would you answer <laughs> such a call? Well, I thought it might be my wife or you well, know something. Do you like not that. have some caller ID thing well, on your phone? No, I uh, I didn't bother to look. Uh, I just. I just panicked for the moment. <laughs> I thought I forgot. Can I put it on vibrate for you? Oh, please. As- yeah. <laughs> now, don't go there. I See, I knew, I knew. As I just- knew what you're... <laughs> no, it doesn't take much at all, does it? And for there- her to just go off on a tangent. Oh, right. All right. All right. Now, Charlie Dobbin. Yes. You're all set to be serious now, are you? I am. Oh. I'm always set to be serious. You're, well, the, okay. you're the person distracting us with phone calls. <laughs> Pardon? Okay. Nancy, Nancy. in Oshawa. Hello. <laughs> Morning. You two are a riot. Oh, I'm glad oh you Lord. think so. <laughs> as soon as you said vibrator, I knew where yeah, he was going. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, Frank, he just brings out the best in me. What can I say? <laughs> oh, I love it. Anyways, uh, my friend has a... Um, Orchid cactus. Yes. <clears throat> and it's quite large, and I think it's quite elderly. But the thing won't bloom, and she inherited it from somebody else. Mm. It what can we do? Um, okay, so what do you do? Keep in mind that it is a cactus. So yes. it needs to be in lots and lots and lots of sun. Yes. And it needs to be dr- allowed to dry out entirely between waterings. Right. Okay. It's not a very pretty plant. It's a- no, you got that right. <laughs> but when it blooms, it's amazing. Well, we'd like to be amazed. All right. Well, so here's a couple of things to think about. Okay. As I mentioned, um, lots and lots of sun. Never, There's never too much sun on these plants. Um, now... I'm just looking. Actually, I've got my handy-dandy book I just flipped to. Now, it's, the proper name, it's an epi, epiphyllum, is what the uh, orchid cactus is, oh, the proper should, genus. So not worry about that. Well, so they thrive uh, in an east-facing windowsill. Oh, that could be a problem because it's huge, Charlie. It's oh. about 30 inches across. Could What? Is she in a home or an apartment? A home. Okay, so she's got windows on different sides. Uh, Not the east. Okay, well, what about the north or the south? Yes. Okay, I would be inclined to either go with the south or the west, but it doesn't have to be right in the window. It could be 10 feet away from the window, as long as it's in a nice bright spot. Okay, well lit. Doesn't need direct sunlight, but needs to be a bright, bright spot. Okay, increase watering when the resting period is over and buds begin to form. All right, so when is the resting period? Of course, with any of the epitheliums, we, the, they, we keep them cool and water infrequently all winter. So right. It's January, February, March. Pre-flowering period starts in March or April. Um, we start increasing water, increasing temperature. So we're waking this plant up in spring. Right. It should flower in May and June. Uh, water normally, 
during that period and maintain a minimum temperature of 60 degrees. So that's, you know, normal home temperatures. Mm-hmm. Put outside in the summer, not a problem at all, in a shady spot. Is, is it possible for your friend to put it outside or no? Uh, I think she could. Okay. Because, I mean, it's a bit late now, but this is just something to think about for next year. But Get it should it. go in the shade or yes. partial shade. Well, it should actually just go in a shady spot and... Yeah, it starts in the shade. I personally wouldn't have any issues with it getting some morning sun, like some eastern sun, once it's been outside for a few weeks. But, of course, you wouldn't put it out till usually late May, depending on the weather. Well, yes. Right? So it'd be all uh, June, July, August, outside. Bring inside, and then, of course, continue to water as normal in that same location back inside. And then it goes through its dormant thing in, again, December, January, February. So it's, with all these plants, whether it's a Christmas cactus or an Easter cactus or an orchid cactus, these, this whole group of cactuses are called the forest-type cactuses because they're not prickly. They've got those you know, segmented leaves. They right. all require you know, light, water, and a resting period after flowering. Right. Well, that, that just makes sense. Like she has Christmas cactus or Easter cactus, mm-hmm. and they bloom lovely for her, but this thing... Mm-hmm. It refuses. Well, it does bloom at a slightly different time, so that's the thing. It should be should be blooming in early, early summer, late spring, okay. and uh, of course that whole resting period happens right over the Christmas period when the Christmas cactus should be in full bloom. Oh, okay. Right, so they're kind of opposite to each other. One yep. one is flowering while the other one's resting, and vice versa. Okay. All right. Yeah. Let us know how that works. Thank you kindly. Thank Thanks you, Nancy. Thanks for your call. You're welcome. All right. <laughs> bye bye. Thanks Bye-bye. for uh, having fun with us here in the show. Yeah. And I heard you say. Uh, cactuses. Oh my gosh. And it's cacti. It is. Thank yes. you. Thank you. Because we'll be getting letters. I know. Oh, I just wanted to, you know, Thank you. clear uh, that up. I apologize. If they're not cactuses, they're cacti. Thank you. Well, <laughs> uh, Keitha in Mississauga, first time caller, I understand. Hello, Keitha. Hello. <laughs> there Good you morning. are. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. I listen most Saturday mornings. But um, I have a problem uh, with my impatience. Mm-hmm. There's nothing left of them. Mm-hmm. That's First not your... the white ones all went, and the flowers on them, mm-hmm. and then the other colors all mm-hmm. went, and they were beautiful. I but know. every one is gone, and it's... I can't find <clears throat> any any particular thing that's done it. But they're completely gone. It's the not... whole bed. Okay, not. I was just gonna say it's not your fault. Okay. What did it was something you had no control over. The when the plants when you purchased them they looked great. When you planted them they looked lovely and within six to eight weeks they just disappear. They just collapse right before your very eyes. Yeah. They have been infected with a fungal disease called downy mildew. Oh. It likely came with the plants, um, and now it is in the soil in your garden where the impatience were planted. So you will not be planting any more impatience uh, in those gardens for at least five years in an effort to eliminate wow. the fungus. Oh, my goodness. How about... And, go and you know, um, I'm sure my neighbors have purchased theirs from different... Mm-hmm. And, and it's happened to them. Yep, it's happened to everybody. And what you're going to find wow. is every year there's fewer and fewer impatience for sale as a result of this problem. Because it's so disappointing to wow, be yeah. all excited for you know, beautiful bedding plants and then have them just collapse. Yeah, this, all the, my beds all around the back, they're just empty. nothing there. Yeah, so don't, don't buy any impatience next year. However, <laughs> think about begonias. 
Okay, my begonias are okay. Yeah, begonias are fine. If, if it's a shady spot and a spot where impatience has thrived, you your replacement plant is begonia, so either fibrous or tuberous begonias. Either would do lovely. The other plant that's a great uh, one that many people are having really good success with as a uh, impatience uh, replacement is coleus. Okay. There's mil- so many different kinds of coleus yeah. out there. It's a it's a beautiful leaf. Mm. There's actually some here at the building, at the Zoomerplex, oh, yeah. in the yeah. containers out in the parking lot. So we don't grow oh. coleus for its flowers. We grow it for its leaves. Yeah. Uh, and there's just every color of the rainbow out there. Oh. So think about coleus or begonias next year when you're thinking about those beds, and don't buy or plant impatience. I have millions. We're near a ravine here. I'm in Mississauga, mm-hmm. and... Um, I have snails everywhere. I use that slug and snail bait, Mm -hmm. but it's not stopping them. I'm having a terrible garden this year. Well, the slug and snail bait, remember, has to be replaced after rain. Yes, so I do that. Good, yeah. Just well, all I do is just sprinkle it on the on the surface of the soil around the plants that are getting chewed. Okay. And like my hostas, the leaves yeah, are just webbed. I know. They end up looking <laughs> like Swiss cheese. So It's so, not a very good looking garden this year. Well, it's been a wet year, so it's been a good year for the slugs and snails. And remember, <laughs> some hostas are better than others at resisting slugs and snails. Uh-huh. Many of the, the really thick-leaved hostas and many of the blue-colored leaves on the hostas are very almost leathery, and slugs and snails don't touch them. Okay. So consider replacing uh, some of your very edible hostas with some that aren't quite so edible. Okay. For the future. <laughs> okay. Thank okay. you very much. I do enjoy your show. Excellent. Thank well, thanks you. so much for calling. Okay. All righty. Bye now. And uh, gee whiz, uh, maybe we had uh, a zebra sneaking up on our next little commercial break here, mm-hmm. but we uh, do have a gentleman online who is a first-time caller from Lindsay, so we'll be talking to Doug and welcoming him mm-hmm. to the show momentarily. Yes, you wanted to... Uh, uh, oh, oh, I've been mentioning the numbers. My I was going to say your job. <laughs> my, my only job here, and I forget to do it. That okay. answering the phone, that's your other job. <laughs> yes, of course. I'll give you oh. my cell phone for your other pocket. Thank you. <laughs> Oh, God. 416-360-0740. That's for Toronto. You rat you. <laughs> and then anywhere else in the province. one 740 We'll be back to our callers in just a moment. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And Charlie joined in studio by the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor. <laughs> and, of course, in studio as well in the production yeah. side of things, James Patrick Dooley, our producer. Well, Doug and Lindsay, first-time caller, welcome to the show. Thank you. Charlie, I have a question about grubs. Yes. Uh, this year, I, I don't have a problem with them for the first time in several years. Mm. And I'm just wondering, uh, I had heard last year somebody had uh, suggested spraying a laundry detergent on them. Mm-hmm. I had done that. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether it's that or whether it's uh, just a bad year for grubs or because we've been excessively dry up here. Mm. Those you have two bad storms you've had in Toronto, we got nary a drop. Oh. It's only about the past 10 days we've had any rain. Any rain, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, okay, well, remember that when we see grub damage is usually in the spring mm-hmm. uh, where we start seeing dead patches of lawn and also when the, the raccoons and the skunks and the birds and all the wildlife starts digging up our lawn to get at those big, fat, juicy grubs. 
right now, um, or for the last month or so, we none of us, or most of us, wouldn't have seen any grub damage at all because in terms of the life cycle of the grub, they have been going through the process of um, the eggs uh, were laid by the beetles that were flying around earlier in the spring. The little eggs have then hatched and turned into... Uh, some little, little tiny grubs, and they are just happening now. And the grubs are so small that you really don't see the damage uh, and won't for another month or so. But if you're concerned and, you know, have areas of your garden that have been attacked consistently in the past or parts of your lawn, now is the time of year. Like, it's a good, you know, good timely call that you've called because this is the time of year to go to your local garden center and buy your little box of nematodes and mix that up in the watering can and water the areas of your lawn where you've had grub damage in the past. Yeah, as I say, the, uh, I had nothing in the yeah. spring. Yeah, and good. usually the skunks are here. Bright and early. Yeah. So so that's good. Now, you did do a detergent uh, wash, if yes, you will, last year. Technically, yeah. detergent should not uh, kill grubs at all. It basically just gives them a bath, washes them. Soap will kill many insects, but it's very hard to coat the bodies of insects under the ground with soap. But mm-hmm. even by putting that detergent down, quite often if there are grubs in the, in the lawn, they don't like it. They'll come up to the surface uh, to get away from that. Water, soapy water, and right. when they come up to the surface, all of a sudden the things like the birds and stuff can grab them very quickly. Mm. So you you may have lowered the the population by doing that somewhat, yeah. if there was a problem last year. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, good for you that you haven't had. And you're right when it's very dry, the the grubs do not have a big population explosion because they're it's too dry; they can't uh, survive. Yeah, no, the grass was. Uh, getting crunchy here oh i see that's you come visit toronto there isn't a bit of crunch it's super <laughs> green here <laughs> well, we're green now fine, oh good <laughs> good well yeah it's nice to have that rain for sure okay thanks Charlie. all right well thanks so much for your call thank you bye-bye thank right. you uh from Lindsay. i didn't realize There's, it was no. so dry in Lindsay. i yeah. wonder if it's been yeah i guess that maybe that whole area peterborough halliburton i wonder if it's that been, was surprising because they, they were undergoing all that tornado watch just stuff. well yeah. just like that's what he said they just yeah. got some rain so yeah. that would have probably been that last five six days ago yeah. That big tornado thing. Yeah. Well, here we are in the Garden Show on a a beautiful Saturday morning. Mm -hmm. Nice to have you along here at AM 740. And uh, let's welcome to the line Enos from Scarborough. Good morning, Enos. Good morning. Morning. Uh, I have told you about the flowering almond before. Mm -hmm. It flowered beautifully this spring. Great. And uh, but every branch that had all these flowers on, mm-hmm. every branch died. Yeah, is that normal? Mm, it's it's a yeah, unfortunately it's become a bit normal for many of the flowering almonds. They yeah. are a member of the prunus family, and they are very susceptible to some fungal diseases, and likely that's what's oh, it's happened. Oh, a disease then that causes it. Yeah, and we had so much rain in the spring, and it was so cold. Uh, I have seen it. You see it happen to purple sand cherries sometimes. Too that the little bit of leaf starts to come out and then they just all wither up and turn black and uh, it, it the, the branches have now died they're not going to suddenly yeah. come back but prune out all that, the dead no I waited to, to see if I see any anything green on these branches mm-hmm. but no but the bush has grown really big if I trim it now mm-hmm. I'll be cutting off the flowers um, no. good question. Yes, you will be cutting off some of the flowers, but if it's really big and really unbalanced because of some of the dead stuff, I would go ahead and trim it anyway. 
Like, I yes. wouldn't wait. I mean, you can, if you want to wait until after it flowers next year and then do a big pruning then, you could. But they're really long, long branches now. Well, that's right. And they're just going to get broken and forget big snowfalls and things, too. You know what I mean? I, give, maybe just don't give it a, a really hard pruning now, but do give it a trim just to shape it a bit. Yeah. And then right after it flowers next spring, do a severe hard pruning on it. Yeah. That's yeah. what I would do. And, you know, yesterday I saw the very first ladybug in two years. What? Yeah, really? really. What's happened? It's a good point, actually, now that you mention it. I haven't, don't think I've seen any ladybugs this year. Well, remember what happened? There was an, uh, we imported Asian ladybugs right. a number of yeah. years ago yeah. to eat the soybean, or, yeah, eat the soybean aphids, which yeah. were causing huge problems in the fields, the soybean fields. This is like, what, 10, 15 years ago. And the Asian ladybugs ended up, they were out competing with the native ladybugs and yeah. out-competing them. So now what's happened to even the Asian ladybugs is a good point. But they're the ones that people didn't like because they would yeah, bite yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. Or nip them a bit. Um, so, yeah, that's a good point. Jeez. I don't Anyway, it was the very first one that I've seen. Huh. Well, we'll have to get the ladybug watch going here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, there's a butterfly count and there's a monarch nothing, and a There's bird. nothing there anymore. Yeah. Well, certainly we're seeing a lot fewer insects. Um, uh, uh, unfortunately, I'm seeing Japanese beetles at my place for the first time, but we're seeing a lot fewer of the butterflies and some of the great insects when we're missing them. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Janus. They're tipping us off on the ladybug question, yeah. too. That's rather interesting. We have another first time caller online, this time from Trenton. Elizabeth, good morning and welcome. Good morning. Morning. Yep, go ahead. Good morning, Charlie and Frank. How are you this morning? Very well, thank you. How Excellent. about you? Great, great. I have a problem with my apple tree. It's about three years old, and it's just full of rust mm -hmm. on every leaf. And it's been like this ever since I got it. And I've watered it, and I've put the um, dormant oil spray on the spring. Oh. But what can I do with this apple? Okay, so you leaf? planted it yourself? I'm sorry? What, did you plant it yourself, this yes, plant? Yes, I did. I planted it myself. And when, when did you plant it? Uh, August, about three years ago. Oh, okay. So it's not a huge plant, obviously. No, no. It's a fairly new tree. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, okay, so it's a bit of a trick. Now, you are, you said you've, you've used the dormant spray in the spring, and you followed all the instructions in terms of how to use the dormant spray. Yes. The oil and the lime sulfur and the mixing that's, and the right. spraying exactly. thoroughly. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, and you've got no edible apples, and the leaves are all got dots all over the leaves, probably. yes. yes. Right. Yeah. Uh, probably apple scab, and it is a fungal disease. And there. Are, okay. okay. So you have a couple of options here. One is, um, I would probably use the dormant spray again this fall. Okay. So once the plants, once we get into real fall, you know, right. mid-September, third week of September, again, making sure that the temperatures are what we want them to be, and that there's no rain in the forecast. Do another mix and another spray of the apple tree. Okay, very good. Okay, I'll so we'll do that. Um, the other thing you can think about is the dormant spray is used on dormant plants. It is oil and lime sulfur. The right. oil is used to control insects, and the lime sulfur is used to control diseases, fungal okay. spores. If you read on the package there, you'll see that there is a recommendation for a summer spray okay. with only the lime sulfur, not the oil. Because once the plant is in leaf, we don't put oil on it typically, and we never spray a plant when it's flowering. 
particularly right. an apple tree. Right, that's right. So if you read, there's a lot of fine print typically okay. on the box. Okay. Read the fine print. Yeah, because you can use that lime sulfur as a spray right. based on the weather. When we get into wet, humid weather in the spring, mm-hmm. we often start getting infestations of fungal problems that we don't see happening, but they're right. weather-based. So you can be proactive and you can spray your lime sulfur in advance of that problem happening and thereby hopefully control the disease. Right. Okay. And get some good apples. Very good. <laughs> now, Elizabeth, <laughs> Elizabeth, just before you leave, yes, uh, you have a wonderful quality to your voice. Oh, well, and thank you so I, much. I'm, You're I'm so just wondering, that, Frank. you know, well, I, I'm envisaging you uh, being employed by someone like, say, Walmart, you know, clean well, up actually, on I aisle was three. I in an insurance company in Belleville, McDougal Insurance in Belleville. Well, there you go. And oh, yeah, did but you I wasn't do... on the phone. I oh. was a customer service rep, um, uh, an insurance salesman, so <laughs> anyways, <laughs> okay. for 39 well, years. You've got an FM quality to your voice. Thank you. You're so kind, Frank, and yeah. you're got a very good voice yourself. Well, we God bless you. While you were away, but hopefully you had a wonderful holiday. <laughs> I did. I did indeed. Thank you, Elizabeth. That's great. Thank you kindly. And Elizabeth, sorry, okay. just you both. Elizabeth, Bye-bye just now. hello. Just, come well, back. Come back. Elizabeth, are wait. you there? Yes. Okay, just before you go, um, just wanted to let you know that yes. apple scab, which is what I believe you've got. Uh-huh. Uh, is a fungus and it does sit on the leaves. Now, remember the with any leaves that drop early, as in now, and right. as the season continues, must be cleaned up in order to avoid more infection that's from those right. leaves. So that's, that's always right. something to remember with fungal diseases as well. Yes, and I have been doing that. Okay, good. Thought, oh, it's going to be worse next year if I don't do that. That's right. So good garden hygiene, we call that. Yes, so absolutely. picking up leaves and remember that the spores are discharged into the air by spring rain and infect young apple leaves and fruit. So again, in the spring, make sure there are no leaves. And sometimes, you know, you can't do anything but your neighbors, but certainly in terms of your own yard, keep it as as well swept as you can. Right. Okay. okay. I will do that. I promise. Okay. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> thank you. Thanks. Have so a great much. day, and thank, thank you for thank joining you. us. Bye for now. All righty. Bye bye. And we have to say bye bye just for a moment. Okay. Because we have to take a little commercial break here on the Garden Show from AM seven forty, as we broadcast live and direct from the Zoomerplex in Liberty Village, AM seven forty Zoomer Radio. Back with the show in just a moment. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size, there's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem, well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Well, never mind the ladybugs. Gee, the first time callers are showing up in full force here. (laughs) Sheila from Barrie, welcome to the show. Um, Hi. Good Uh, morning. And uh, Frank? Yes, good morning. Uh, yeah, I listen to you all the time. First time caller. Yes, um, welcome. I'm just wondering, is it um, too soon to cut back my uh, peony bushes? Are they all covered in powdery mildew? Um, no, but I have some bindweed that's getting around them, and I want to get rid of it, and I have to just yeah somehow. Well... I- I personally wouldn't cut them back unless they're diseased. 
if oh, you no, can work around. Yeah, because sometimes they do get that, that film of powder on the surface. And with the kind of humidity we've been having, I have seen some peonies with the mildew starting to break out on them. If you can leave the peony leaves or some of them up, it's better for the plant. But okay. if, if you uh, need to take them down because you need to get in there and dig out that bindweed, which is a very good idea, then uh, do so. You know, it's one of those cost-benefit things. If it's a healthy peony, it will be fine uh, if you cut them down early. But it was going to leave a bit of a hole in your garden as well. (laughs) Right. Okay. But, uh, yeah, bindweed, you want to get that out root and all. Oh, every year I I go after it and it just keeps coming back. Yeah, we'll leave a tiny bit of root behind and it will come back from that. So it's just really important. Get every piece of it out that you can. Okay, thank All you right. so much. Thanks so much uh, for your um, call. Can, can I say, one, the lady with the hosta problem? Yes. Um, I have a lot of hostas, and I put all my eggshells out mm-hmm. all the time mm-hmm. around the root. Mm-hmm. And it keeps the slugs down. It does yeah. lacerate their little bodies, doesn't yeah. it? Those sharp shards of eggshell. Yeah. yeah. Good idea. And sometimes people use sand, like real gritty sand for the same purpose. Just because the slugs have to crawl and that's what they crawl over. Uh-huh. <laughs> so good idea. Okay. Thank you so much. Thanks, thanks so Sheila. I, I love it. So <laughs> thanks, Sheila. You know, calling with a question and a, a suggestion. suggestion there. Yeah. That's, that's what it's all about. Sharing, huh? Mm-hmm. Eileen from Oakville. Good morning and welcome to the show. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I received, I'm calling about my orchid. I received a beautiful orchid for Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. And there's still two blooms right on the tip of it. Nice. So when all the flowers fall off, how do I look after it? Well, do I water it? Of course, I'm sure you've watered it since since Mother's Day. Yes, I keep watering it once a week. Okay. And do I does it need pruning? It's just like one stick. It's yeah, just a tall stick. Well, keep, leave that that stick, that floral stem alone until it is completely finished flowering. Yes. So right now you said there are still two flowers, mm-hmm. and they're kind of interesting in the way orchids, if they're super happy, they'll sometimes shoot another little bud off of the stem and provide another bunch of uh, flowers. Oh. Uh, so just hold that stem there until it's completely shriveled right down <clears throat> Excuse me, to the leaves. Mm-hmm. At that point, you will cut it off just above the leaves and continue to water as normal, um, fertilize <clears throat> once a month, and mist frequently, particularly as we get into winter. Remember, keep your little mister handy. They love humidity. Yeah. Now, do I understand that I prune it, prune it right down to the bottom this, that of the fl- stick? The flower stem that is, is going to, at some point, wither down and be completely brown, oh, that's when you will remove it from where, where it's emerging. But I don't, I don't uh, prune the, the, the whole stick. It's about two feet tall, and the flowers are right on the tip. Right. So, yes, uh, it, you will prune that whole stem or stick. Yes. Uh, you'll remove it right down at the leaf level. When oh. it's finished entirely blooming and uh-huh. it's turned brown and shriveled. Oh, wonderful. So and my... uh, how about the, the size of the pot? It's in a plastic pot. Mm-hmm. Will I leave it or change the pot? No, no, leave it alone. It's in a special orchid pot, typically, with special orchid bark. Yeah. So leave it alone. If it does need to be repotted, it will be next spring that you'll do some repotting, not before then. And if you see roots growing on the surface, don't worry about it. They're supposed to be there. 
Okay. Okay. All right, Eileen. That's wonderful. Thank you very much. You're oh, very I love welcome. your Irish brogue too. Bless your heart. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Thanks for you. calling, Eileen. All righty. Here uh, we are at the garden show. Time for one more call, I do believe. Oh, okay. Do you think so? You think huh? so? Yeah, sure. Christy in Uxbridge. Well, first time Stanford, caller, yes, too. Yes. Christy, Good welcome morning. to the show. Hi. Hi. Good morning. Uh, Frank, I, I'm just around the corner from Wag Road. You oh, know that. Yes, indeed. You used to live out there, of course. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm having, and my friend, we both have hydrange bushes mm-hmm. and no flowers. Mm. And wondering why. Are these old shrubs or new shrubs? Oh, I would say five or six years. Hmm. And do you remember at all what the name of those plants were no. when you planted them? No. Okay, I find hydrangeas have good years and bad years. Uh-huh. Sometimes they bloom like crazy, and some years they don't bloom at all. Did you? Were they blooming like crazy last year? No, not last year either, but the year before I had bloom. Okay, and they were pink, round blooms? Yes. Um, all right, so for now... Uh, all I can say is one of two things. Assuming that this is a new variety, one of the new varieties under the title of Endless Summer, for example, are guaranteed and supposed to bloom every single year, though I do find them a bit sporadic in their blooming. Mm-hmm. Um, ensure that they, you are fertilizing them in the spring. Uh, make sure there's lots of good organic material and preferably mulch around the base of the plants. They like cool roots and moist soil. Mm-hmm. Make sure they're getting at least uh, a half a day of sun. It doesn't have to be a full day, but at least a half a day of sun. And, of course, you do cut these plants right down in the spring so that they're only about two, three inches tall. Right. So ensure that you're doing that next spring as well. And cross every finger and toe that they'll bloom next year. Mm-hmm. I, there's sometimes no rhyme or reason to why they'll go through full seasons with no blooms. But if it's an old variety, the reason it's not blooming is because they don't bloom on new growth. And then at that point, we give up on those plants and replace with new varieties. Oh, I see. Okay. Oh, that might be the the catch there. Yeah, and threaten it. I find that plants (laughs) often respond to threats. (laughs) (laughs) Well, she's threatening hers, and I get upset that she would dig hers out because it looks so healthy but well that's it they can be big green plants but if they're not giving you any flowers then mm-hmm. you might not want to give them so much space i see okay <laughs> very good thank uh, you so much you're very welcome take care of wag road Thanks for me would you call right. <laughs> all right <laughs> thank you, thank you. yeah we used to live in the country uh, about halfway between stoville and uxbridge mm-hmm. where uh it was Side Road 20, actually, yes. we were on. And uh, some great folks out there. Yes. Enjoyed living out there. Anywho, so my friend, what here you, we are. So what are you doing for the rest of the day? Well, I'm going to take a couple of hours off, uh, get a little sun outside maybe, nice. and yep. Yep. come back at noon for the diner. Use a little sun. Well, yeah, my legs you're are... You're a bit pale. I, I, yeah, you're right, you're right. <laughs> Gee, I didn't need you to point that out. Well, it's radio. Nobody can well, see. Yeah, but now you created this whole image of me as a little, you know, a little white shrivel-up guy or something. No, you know? you're not shriveled up at all. <laughs> oh, Lord. Here we go again. Okay. Well, I see the boys are ready to they go. They are. With I can hear their Dave's engines revving on okay. the other side of the door there. So uh, we better get going. And you have a great day. Enjoy the sunshine. I will. And, um, yeah, I'm getting out into my garden. I've got some things to do. Tomatoes to uh, prune and that yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, get busy, would you? I am. Okay. Okay. <laughs> James Patrick Dooley, thank you. Thank you, James. Thanks to all our great callers. Thanks, Frank. And we'll see you all again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740.
This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.